0: Welcome to The How of Business with your host, Henry Lopez. The podcast that helps you start, run, and grow your small business. And now, here is your host. This is Henry Lopez, and welcome to this episode of The How of Business. My guest today is Susan Fenema. Susan, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Henry. I'm excited to be here.
0: Yeah, looking forward to this conversation. You know, if if you feel the chaos of your business or perhaps also your life in particular, maybe if you're thinking about starting your business, all of that can, can be overwhelming and it can keep you from getting started with the business or certainly from growing your business, not to mention keeping you from living the life that you dreamed of when you started the business. So this episode is for you, if that includes you. And I think it's most of us. The truth is that we can all get better at managing the chaos that comes with being a business owner. And Susan Fenema is with me today, on this episode to share her tips and advice on how, as she says, we can eradicate the chaos. To receive more information about the Howa business, including links to the show notes page of this episode, and to schedule a free coaching consultation with me, just text the word biz, B-I-Z, to 772-837-5700. So let me tell you a little bit more about Susan. Susan Fenema is, as she calls herself, the chaos eradicating officer of Beyond the Chaos. That's her consultancy where she specializes in helping small business owners simplify their operations and manage their projects so they can grow their businesses and get their lives back. She's also the author of Three Ways to Control Chaos in Your Small Business. We'll talk about that book and a special offer that she has for us on that book. And as she says, quote, I help overwhelm small business owners simplify their operations and manage their projects so they can focus on growing their business and getting their lives back. I know that's repetitive there, but it's so it's so important. It seems so subtle, but so important. Susan lives in McKinney, Texas, which is a suburb of where I used to live in the Dallas uh, DFW Metroplex area. So once again, Susan Fenaba, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Henry. Let's dig in. I'm excited to go.
0: Thanks, I appreciate it. Absolutely. Let us start though before we, we dive into eradicating chaos, just a little bit on your background. Always curious as to how people got to being business owners. If I got it right, you studied journalism at A and right?
1: Whoop! Yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Fighting Texas Aggie, class of '88. Um, and you know, as a journalism major, I thought I first I thought I'd be a reporter. Then I thought I would be a copywriter at an ad agency. Mm. (laughs) Turns out that's really hard to do. Um, So, you know, as a 20 year old, I had those stars in my eyes, but that didn't come about. But I will tell you, I use that writing every day. And I am so grateful of what I was taught about being concise and clear and direct because that Directly applies to how we work on process
0: mm-hmm. and and persuasive, right?
1: Yes, definitely. Well, you know, journalism's supposed to be about the facts, right? But the copywriting
0: <laughs> part of it, though,
1: right? But the copywriting is definitely the part that would be a little more persuasive,
0: mm-hmm. right? So, so that that did is interesting. I'm always curious as to how because it, what I like to the way reason I like to highlight these things is often what we studied in college or what we did career-wise doesn't necessarily dictate what we can or can't do in a business, but oh, it's also interesting definitely. how you can take some of that and apply it to business.
1: Completely agree. Because, you know, when you're in college, you know, you're so young, you don't even know what's out there. I didn't know that this was a thing, you know, how that there are people that manage processes and they manage projects I, I didn't know there was a director of operations at companies. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how could I have planned to be that? But what you study can definitely apply to what you choose to do. Yeah.
0: Did you have aspirations of being your own boss back then?
1: You know, it's so funny. Um, I was raised by a small business owner. Um, He's one of my main mentors in being a small business Uh, owner, but he, uh, he kind of swayed me away from it because I saw, you know, the ups and the downs and the losing it all and making it back and all of that kind of thing. And that made me nervous. Um, And so I kept opting for the security. I want the security of having a job. Uh, And it took me a long time to come around to the fact that, there isn't security in having a job. There is security in being a business owner because you are in control of your outcomes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was a big mind shift for me. Um, and I was, I was in my late forties when I recognized that.
0: Interesting, yeah. Uh,
1: so, you know, I'm surrounded by small business owners. You know, my, my sister and her husband own restaurants they're having a rough time right now. Right. Um, my best friend and her husband own an allergy clinic. Um, and, and so when I said, I'm going to do this, unlike some small business owners, when they first start out, they get pushback from family and friends, you know, with the, oh, are you sure you want to do that? I got the response of, well, it's about time.
0: Even from your parents? <laughs> Even they, they, from,
1: especially, especially from my parents.
0: So what changed there? What changed for them on the whole risk and wanting to steer you away from it?
1: Oh, he, they never steered me away from it. Um, and so sorry if I uh, misspoke there, but they never steered me away from it. It was me watching it.
0: I see. You observed and, that and had that that response to it, which is not an uncommon thing. I hear this right. repeatedly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it, it can be scary when you watch it and not knowing, you know, I, I don't think my father was ever scared in those situations that he couldn't provide or he couldn't come back from where he was. And that part I didn't recognize because I, you know, you're not in their brain, you don't see their skill set, you don't see the the lack of fear, you don't see their ability to say okay well then we do it again and we mm-hmm. do it faster this time right. and we do it better this time
0: so a couple of questions i don't know if you have children uh, do you have children
1: i have a dog and a cat so no okay kids. all right
0: if you had children what, what <laughs> or for people you know who do how would you do it differently such oh. that you know your kids wouldn't get that impression or is that even possible
1: well that is a great question You know, I was always led to believe that I could do whatever I wanted to do um, and that I could be strong and powerful. You know, I I never had anything taught to me different from that. Um, And I I would empower my children, or I'm, I'm thinking of my little niece that, you know, I might be able to instill some wisdom on. But I think I would talk more about how uh, you always have a job when you're self-employed. There is always a way to make money. I mean, quite honestly, I could strip down my team and just work one-on-one with my top three clients if I just needed to support me. So there's always a way to, to pivot and and adjust and be creative in how you can take care of yourself. Yeah, And I think that that's important for uh, young people to know.
0: Yeah, I think that's brilliant. That's what we try to do with our daughter. And exactly along those lines, what we try to do is highlight the positives of it. Because what happens in my observation is we tend to bring home the headaches. It's kind of what they overhear us talking about or what might be the dinner topic, unfortunately they don't hear. And so what I did is I tried to highlight, see the reason I'm here with you today at this school event is because I have control to some degree over my schedule.
1: And so highlighting
0: that was critical, I think.
1: That's a huge plus too, is that flexibility that comes with small business ownership. Um, you know, we saw late nights of work. Um, we saw some stress, um, but You know, we also saw him very able to take amazing care of us, like sending us to private schools and sailing us across the Gulf of Mexico in our own boats, uh, being able to pay for us to go to college. These are not things that he probably would have been able to do or expose us to if he had not been in control of his own ability to increase his own income.
0: Yeah. Agreed. Thanks for sharing that. Okay. One last question on this and then we'll dive into the the topic of chaos eradication. So at around age 40 or so, if I'm getting it right, was there something that happens like, you know, for me, one of the, a couple of the events was getting laid off a second time. Right. (laughs) so, So and often that's what triggers it for us in the corporate world. Was there something that happened or was it a cumulative thing where you felt like, okay, I'm ready to go start my own thing?
1: So it was somewhat cumulative. Um, I, my, my last job was a work from home position I was a project manager for a software development company. Mm. Um, in all of my, my jobs, I have always worked very closely with a small business owner. And in this case, I was working very, very closely with him. I mean, distance-wise, we were not in the same room, but um, you know, we we were on the same page and, and talking about uh, how the business and direction and everything could change and what input I might be able to add to that from my past experience. So I was more than just a project manager there too. Right.
0: You, you um, were a sort of coach, it sounds like, to some extent.
1: To some extent. Uh, and when uh, he wanted to change his business to go away from software development to actually become a pricing consultant. And as he started to do that, you know, we needed to scale down. And I could see there's not necessarily a place for me in that mm, company. And so- I went out and I started looking for a job. That was my first instinct because, you know, Susan's got to be secure. So let's go look for a job. And I was looking at these jobs and I was like, I literally would rather gouge my eyes out than go (laughs) and do any of this. (laughs) And, you know, I was thinking, oh, how could I get a job similar to what I have? Who on earth would trust a random person that they just met? to give them this kind of advice, to give them this kind of control in their business. It's just not something that somebody hires somebody and says, okay, here are the keys to the kingdom, go ahead and do it. You know, you have to earn that over time. Um, But when I realized, well, hold on a minute, why can't I do this at home? Why can't I start a business and help more than just one business owner at a time? And my brain started working and I'm like, I can do this. And my first intention was, I'm going to go do this as a solopreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not going to hire anybody. It's going to be so simple. I can make so much, you know, I can make the money I, I made in salary pretty easily that way. Um, and that's how I started until I realized now I've tied myself Now I've really just given myself another job. Right, right. And so that's when I wanted to start uh, expanding beyond that. And I started hiring uh, project managers and operations consultants that could come in and help me do that work. And Mm -hmm. so the goal here that we have is really to improve American society as a whole um, by touching each of these small business owners, we're able to address their overwhelm. And then that affects the way they talk to their family, their friends, their team, their clients, and that affects all of those people's, uh, you know, interactions as well. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of the, the thought process about let's help more than one at a time yeah. when I started.
0: And so that's, I'm assuming that's how you arrived upon specifically eradicating chaos, because what you saw, what you observed is when you help people manage their projects better, that leads to a lot less chaos. Is that how you ended up focusing Ab- in the same Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, there's always going to be chaos. There, there is no way to control the water main Mm -hmm. breaking and, you know, the AC going out on the same day uh, along with your biggest client being mad at you for some reason, Mm -hmm. all of that is, that's just going to happen. But if we are able to control it enough on a regular basis, then it, it frees you up to handle those situations when they come in
0: to put out the the real fires. And I think that's such an important point, Susan, because I do think there are people who come into business ownership thinking that there is a possibility that you can have a scenario where there is no, like you said, no chaos whatsoever. And maybe you get into a point where it isn't chaos, but there's always challenges, fires, emergencies that come up in any business. So you're not you're not proposing that we're going to eliminate it completely, but we're going to take tremendous control over it so that, like you said, it we're not continuously running from fire to fire. We have the energy to do the projects that we need to complete the right way and then the energy and availability to deal with those true fires that come up in business. Is that fair? That's
1: absolutely fair. I mean, you know, you can have your business just humming along and all of a sudden that all-star on your team um, decides that, well, you know, I'm pregnant and I'm going to leave and I'm not coming back. And now your whole world is in chaos, right? Because now you got to figure out how to, how to replace or do the work of that person. But if everything is systemized and running well, then rep- then making that happen is not, you know, hair on fire type chaos. It's Agreed. just upsetting chaos, perhaps. Right. Exactly,
0: yeah. And so so let me ask you this softball question or loaded question because, because it's obvious what you're going to start to share with us. But why is it that for most small business owners, at least in my observation, it just seems to be perpetual chaos is how they operate. Why is that in your observation?
1: So I'm going to give you two almost... Uh diabolical, not diabolical, diaposed. No, that's not the right word. You Counterintuitive. I mean. There you go. Answers. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> the first one is there is a uh control factor. So small business owners feel like they should control every single thing that's going on in their business. They have to do it, or it's not being done right. Um, And they cannot relinquish that control because they're afraid that somebody else won't do it as well as they can. So that's, that's one main one. And the other one that's somewhat opposite is that they don't feel value in themselves, unless they're frantic, they almost feel guilty. If they are not dealing with that next fire.
0: Yeah, I think this is a brilliant observation. And I've seen this, I'll come back to this point, because it's not just in the owner, but maybe in a manager or someone in some position of authority. I've seen this. It's this thing where it's almost like the thought of, I have a business that can run without me, then it's like, well, then what value am I? Right? Right. It, I think it's an ego thing that, that, that comes into play, especially if we've been doing it or we come from like you were probably could have been challenged with that, but you had the skills to avoid it perhaps because you started in that classical fashion of a technician, meaning you, you, you took a skill that you had, you started a business with it, but then of course you grew it beyond that. I think a lot of times people who come to it by, you know, taking that profession and now trading dollars for hours, uh, have a harder time with letting go of this control is what I've found.
1: I completely agree. And to some degree uh, don't have the past managerial experience exactly. to, to know because they they come in and they say, man, I am the best software developer I know and that anyone knows. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to make a software development business. Okay. Now guess what? You're not going to get to develop software very often because you're working on your website and billing your clients and making sure that your stuff's done on time. So you're project managing, you're doing all of these other things, except the thing that you loved and were great at. Right.
0: This is Henry Lopez with a brief pause to share a special offer from our new show sponsor, GoSite. I have a question for you. Is your business engaging with customers online? You know your customers expect a seamless and easy digital experience, especially during a pandemic, but how can you actually make it happen? You're already working hard from sunup to sundown on your business. You don't have the time to build a website, manage online reviews, and get set up to accept online bookings and payments. But it's not impossible. With GoSite, you can move your entire operation online easily with everything you need to run your business in one place. GoSite provides an all-in-one online platform that makes it easier for your customers to find, book, and pay for your services. Just take Liz as an example. Her landscaping business gained over $260,000 in online sales from new customers in their local area and used GoSite to make it easier for their existing customers to pay and book their services online. Check out the all-in-one platform from GoSite that makes it easier for your customers to find, book, and pay for your services online instantly. Best of all, you don't need any technical experience to get started. Go to gosite.com forward slash podcast to get started for free. That's gosite.com slash podcast to get started today for free. So going back to the point I had made as well, I'm curious as to your thoughts that sometimes what I look for when somebody tells me that they have a manager who, despite best efforts to implement systems is always claiming that they're having to put out a fire. There's always an exception. There's always a problem. And I think it touches on this thing that you explained where they feel like the only way they have job security is if they're so dependent on us. We can't get it done without her because She, you know, there's always a chaos and she seems to know how to put out the fires. And I think we got to be cautious of that as business owners. If we have those people in our environment and you've given them the resources and the systems and the tools, right? So, so I think we got to look for that as a red flag. What are your thoughts there?
1: I completely agree with that. Um, whether you're the owner or the manager, um, you know, think about what would happen if everything was just running smoothly. How are you going to feel about that? Because that's the the issue that some uh, business owners have that prevent them from being able to change is that fear of then what? As you mentioned before, um, I had one client who I said, you know, look, you have things on your task list from three years ago. You are never going to do those just delete them. Hmm. Just don't do them, get them out of your purview and you won't have that overwhelm of, Oh, there's so much. And he said, I, I, I just, I can't do it. I can't Interesting. let it go. Interesting. And I said, why? I yeah. said, it's obvious that you can't. And he's like, well, then what, what would happen if I didn't have enough?
0: Interesting. So he, thank goodness he was honest because what he's sharing is with a lot of people can't quite articulate or not willing to, right?
1: Right. They're not, they're not, uh, or it's so buried they don't even
0: know. They don't even know. Yeah. Right. Introspective enough to know that this is even something they're feeling or thinking.
1: So there's a little psychology that comes with that. There is. Yeah. There
0: (laughs) probably is. Right. So in part, uh, I think that what you're helping people with is if, as we touched on already, if you take a different approach to managing these projects, and and again, I I certainly believe, and I know you agree that as the owner or the leader, I shouldn't be bogged down with the day to day. uh, Once I grow my business, I need to delegate those things. I'm now responsible for those projects that move the business forward. We're, we're identifying, a opening a different location or adding a product line or whatever it might be, those projects. And your argument in part is to, to control and begin to eradicate the chaos. I need to better manage those projects. Is that right?
1: Well, I would start with the systems surrounding how you manage your projects.
0: Okay. So, so not, tell me about that.
1: Yeah. So, um, When you have things going on in your business that are repetitive, and that is what you want, you want a business that can be repeated. Um, So to simplify that, you need to be able to absolutely define what the steps are to get there. So whether it's from uh, the lead that comes in through the door um, down to, How do we close out their project and ask for a testimonial? What are all the steps in between to take them through that path?
0: So the systems of the customer journey, right? So you got to have that in place first is what you're saying.
1: First, or some business owners have it, but it's all in their head. Sure. And so when it's all in their head and they're actually doing it, they don't realize they're systematically doing it. And until you can get that out and clear, you can't give it to someone else.
0: Okay, so let's talk about that. Let's say that's the project at hand is to begin to systemize the customer journey in my business. What are your tips for how do I conduct that project? Because one of the things I find, Susan, I'm sure you do is, you know, we've talked about overwhelm. People look at that and say, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start, right?
1: (laughs) So we usually start where the biggest bottleneck is. Um, what is taking the, what is preventing other members of the team from working because the owner has to act? What are those things? And can we figure out how to systemize that part to push it off? Because you're right. It is overwhelming to take it all on at one time. So oftentimes it might be that part between the owner has written a proposal to a client to getting the project started with a team. So, you know, what all goes into that? Sending it out, getting it signed, getting an invoice sent, getting something paid, opening a project from a template of how we always do our projects. And then, you know, starting that project with a team so that the work is started. That section right there is something that you'll see a lot of business owners struggle with because they also don't like to finish things. Mm-hmm. Business owners are so creative, they want to go to the next thing. They're not that interested in those, uh, yeah, check off the box and go down through the implementation and you know finish it. They want to start something new. So putting that into place in that bottleneck where, oh yeah, I got somebody who has my proposal and we didn't follow up for three days and we didn't ask, you know, if they're interested and then they signed it and we waited a week to send an invoice. And, you know, meanwhile, your your customer client is also sitting there going, what is going on? Do they not want to work with me? Why is there no sense of urgency? Mm-hmm. So you're also even starting your project off on a bad foot.
0: Right, But plus, and of course that's, uh, ripple effect chaos throughout the organization, right? But so okay, so I I start and, and that's the way I've approached it as well. So it makes sense to me that I, I identify where the constraints are right now. And I focus there. As, instead of trying to, as I say, boil the ocean, right? But when I'm <laughs> in is. that project, how are, are there some tips that you help people with to exactly to the point you're talking about to make sure I actually complete this project?
1: Sure. So, One is we want to make sure that we do have a a way to manage projects and you should be managing your your business and your sales as a project for sure. So uh, do you have a tool or are you trying to do it via email? If you're trying to do it via email, I will just flat out say that is wrong. Do not do that. So what tools <laughs> is- are we
0: talking about? Are we talking about project management tools like Rike and others that are out there? Is that what we're sure. talking about? Like,
1: like Wrike, um, we like Asana, Basecamp, mm-hmm. uh, Teamwork is actually our favorite. Okay. Um, but as long as you are picking one and building a process around how you use that tool, that is more important. Than which one it is.
0: And what are some of the key things that are, that make up that process? What, what other things do you look for? So, I mean, the, the tool is about, I'm assuming, supporting the collaboration, the documentation, uh, the, the tasks and who's responsible for what so that we can track this so that we're not stepping on each other, all of those kind of things. Uh, what else comes into the structure that makes for a successful project management?
1: So, one of the things I look for is making sure that you can start to templatize your projects. So, if you create websites, you know, even if they're custom websites and you might have 20 steps in the middle that are specific to that, that client, you still open a project the same way. You create a folder and you're Google Drive and you put things in it and you collect their logo and you define their colors. And, you know, all of those things are the same. So you can create those as a template, then leave some space to do the customized stuff and add that in, you know, per proposal or per client discovery. And then at the end, you have some similar steps too, to close things out make sure the client has a backup make sure the client has all the passwords Um, ask the client for a testimonial or if they know anyone to refer you to Um, also if you're doing a website hey client can i use some screenshots from your site for my portfolio so those types of things become your standard framework for your project And then you can insert the specific custom things in the middle. Some projects are just always the same. If you just always do it the exact same way, you might not even have any custom steps to add. So once you create that template and you're able then to open a new project from that template, you're off and running with a plan. Some of these tools even will auto-schedule that for Mm -hmm. you.
0: Right, okay, all right. Starting to make more sense to me, certainly. Uh, one thing I want to come back to or talk about you talk about as I was doing the research, what you say is, you know, structure sets us free to control our time. Yeah. And the reason that stood out to me is I believe that but I find that again is one of those counterintuitive things, where I hear entrepreneurs say, well, that was the reason I became an entrepreneur is I don't want structure. Right? So, so tell me about that and your experience and why that is so important to have a structure.
1: So really this is about, are you going to control your calendar or are you going to let it control you? So the structure lets you control it yourself. So I do this surrounding calendaring. That's one of my biggest tips. If you are not blocking time on your calendar, you're missing a big, uh, a big advantage to being able to manage your time. And I have some rules as to how to start that calendar and how to maintain that calendar as far as priorities go. The first thing you want to put in there is whatever your spiritual or or Godhead uh, guidance is, um, whatever that is to you, whether it's prayer or meditation or, you know, walking in a peaceful valley, whatever that is, that is number one, because if your spirit isn't There, you're not good to anyone else. Second part of that is your health. When are you exercising? Make sure that's on there. Make sure that you have allotted time to eat lunch. That is a big thing that business owners will not block out, even if it's I need to go to the kitchen for 15 minutes, you know, and reheat that, that frozen microwave dinner, you know, make sure that that's on there. So you don't skip it and you do make it a priority. Same thing with dinner at night. For me, making dinner at night is on my calendar every day because it's my transition time from work to home life. Um, So making sure that that health stuff is on there. And the third is your family. So if you don't have your God and your health, you're no good to your family. So that's why that priority is there. Once you get in to your family, now you're making sure that the kids' soccer games are on the, the schedule. The uh, the spouse's uh, company dinner is on your schedule. So that goes next. And guess what? Work certainly will fill in the blanks, won't it? So start to control that as well. So you might have a block of when you're going to work on which client, when you're going to focus on working on your business, and put those on your calendar and you'll start to see some structure that also sets you some deadlines. So if I only have three hours to focus on the next ad I'm going to create for my business to get more business, that's all the time I'm going to spend. So I've got to put my head down. I've got to focus. I've got to block out everything else. And that deadline creates a sense of urgency. I worked in the advertising industry for about 10 years and man, it didn't matter what the deadline was. You could give somebody a month from now deadline. And at the end, they would be frantic up against it because that's when they worked the best.
0: Yeah. So I, I get all of that and it all makes sense. They're but the problem is that I think well, I, but I have all these things I got to do. I, the business needs me to do this. I got to do that. I got to be at the location tomorrow. In other words, I don't have I don't have that luxury. So, and that's often I I I get it is a reality, especially when we're first launching our business. How do you what do you help people with as far as to get started? Because what you've described there is is the ultimate, I think. But I don't know that. I can get there tomorrow.
1: So if you're just getting started, the, the things you need to look at are what, what is on your plate. Um, especially if you're a solopreneur, don't think that that doesn't mean you can't get help. There is there, there, there are plenty of ways to get help. So first, make sure you have a list. So you're project managing yourself right? Hopefully using your tool that you've chosen of what are all the things I'm going to do and when are they due and when do I have to get them done by? Um, So, or when am I going to work on them? And then when do I have to get them done by? If you cannot fit it into your schedule, well, something's got to give. Yeah.
0: So this approach is also, uh, Susan, what you talk about, it's what I think begins to help us think about from a tool perspective that alleviates that fear we might have of going from our you know, as I think you say, the nine to five to the 24 by seven, right? Right. <laughs> if we go into this with this mentality and using this tech, these techniques that you're sharing with us, then I think that allows us even from day one to have some control, to minimize the chaos that'll get out of hand otherwise.
1: Definitely. So when you're first starting your business, you get that first client and you know, I mean, even if you're doing a fixed price on your proposal, you still should have a good idea of about how many hours that's going to take you, man hours it's going to take you to do that work. So start from the beginning of blocking that out. Let's see, I told uh, ABC company that I would have their new software done for them, you know, in, in the end of March. And I've got six weeks and I think it's going to be, about 20 hours before I can give it to them. And then they have to review it. Okay. So now you're backing your time out, right? To schedule that will block the time you have to work on mm. your calendar. That already tells you what else can I do? Can I take right. another project or am I booked?
0: Right. And, and that's, that's the whole thing. We got to learn to say no early on as hard as that is. And the other thing is that, listen, if, if we think that We or we have bought into this myth that we're only, and it goes back maybe to that control thing that you articulated (laughs) early on that if we're not working chaotically in our business, then we must be lazy or not working hard enough. In fact, what happens is what it's going to lead to, if nothing else, is burnout. And by doing these things as early in your business as possible, You'll ensure that you first can enjoy the process of building your business and actually be doing it 10 years from now if it's what you want to do. And that it gives you the lifestyle, which is hopefully the reason you got started to begin with.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, when you're looking at that list of things that you have to do and you're getting to the point of, (laughs) oh, and I got to invoice people and I got to collect money and I hate that part. Okay, that's great stop doing that. Hire a, a part-time bookkeeper and, and get them involved in doing that. Yes, it's going to give you a little more overhead, but if you start calculating that out as, well, a bookkeeper's $20 an hour, but I make $100 an hour when I'm doing you know, what I'm doing, well, that's, that's a no-brainer. You shouldn't be doing that your bookkeeper should be doing that. So you can go do $100 an hour
0: tasks. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we start to begin to wrap it up. Tell me uh, the, the book is three ways to control chaos in your small business. Uh, it, would you introduce that, at least at a high level, those three ways?
1: Sure. Uh, the three ways that we walk through are about systemizing um, and then Project management: How to manage your projects uh, well and with a tool. (laughs) And then the third part is how to control interruptions.
0: Okay.
1: And And so we we've
0: we've touched on the first two somewhat. Mm -hmm. So tell me about controlling interruptions because that's a big one.
1: So we've actually touched on that too, but we just didn't say how we were doing that. So part of that calendaring Mm -hmm. is preventing the interruptions. Okay. Um, The other is turning stuff off. So. You know, the phone and your texts and your emails, especially email, um, are really not emergencies. Rarely are they emergencies. You know, turn it off. Uh, Set a time every day to go and look at your email. Not first thing in the morning, please, because it does get you off track later in the day. Um, And if you can hire a virtual assistant to help you, That person can even alert you if there is something urgent and you can find virtual assistants. I've had amazing luck finding great virtual assistants in the Philippines for $7 an hour or less. So you can afford to get that
0: help. Yeah, no, I agree. I think those are such great points. And as you were explaining the time blocking, which is what I try to do, There is no way if I've blocked out an hour for this particular project, you're not going to be able to get it done then or put enough effort into it if you're distracted. Right. One of the simplest things I did, Susan, about three years ago is I turned off my Outlook notification, you know, where it dings you on the taskbar. You have a new message because I found that I, I couldn't let it, I couldn't wait to go see what the new message was, right?
1: It's, it's like it fires off dopamine it does. in your brain, it does. right? And
0: there's been studies made done on that and that is actually what happens. And so I, I turned that off and I, every, almost every day I think about, gosh, what a, what, a, what a simple little productivity hack that was. And like you said, putting the phone aside, if you're going to do this right, you have to be able to have concentrated time without interruption. That's key in my experience.
1: and and I agree with that. And those appointments that you make for yourself, that's essentially what you're doing when you're blocking your calendar need to be kept just as they would if you were meeting with another person. Right. And the attention needs to be just as though you are talking with another person. Um, and here's the beauty. You want to talk about how you're able to be flexible. Guess what? If you get to a block on your calendar and you're like, I just don't want to do that right now. Well, now you've got blocks on your calendar, move it around, play a little calendar Tetris, figure (laughs) out where to work it in on another day and do what you want to do now. So you do create some flexibility there as well.
0: Absolutely. All right. You've got a, a special offer on the book. So tell us about that.
1: So, you know, we are very passionate about helping small business owners, so we did put together this book. We've worked with about 50 clients in about 5 years. So, we've come up with three ways to control chaos in your small business and it's a it, it is a short ebook. I believe it's about a 3 to 5 minute read. And you can download it for free at beyondthechaos.biz/ebook.
0: Tell us that URL again.
1: Beyond the chaos.biz slash ebook.
0: Wonderful. And I'll have that link as well on the show notes page at the howabusiness.com in case you didn't get that. Great. That's a, that's a great offer. It goes into details on these things that we've been talking about. Uh, anything else, Susan? We we didn't get a lot of chance to talk about the other services that you offer. So tell me briefly about that.
1: Sure. So we really help people uh, figure out what processes they need to write, what tools they should or should not be using. And then we also help project manage the work if that is a part of the operations that they need help on. Um, And so all of those things, uh, unlike most consultants, we don't just say, hey, small business owner who has too much to do, here's another list of things that you also need to do that you'll never get to. We, we actually help you implement it as well. So we will not only recommend that software, we will help you set it up. Wow. We will help you create those templates. It's we such will a key help thing. you train your team.
0: I've seen so many small businesses try those types of tools, whether it's a CRM or project management, And fail because they don't know how to implement those tools. That's not typically what we're experienced at.
1: You know, that's, that's one of the things I say it all the time. You know, if you get a hammer and a nail and put them down on the table, that's not how the picture gets hung. Right.
0: Exactly. (laughs) Show me how to do it. All right. Uh, we've talked about your book, the ebook three ways to control chaos in your small business. Is there another book that comes to mind related to this topic that you would recommend?
1: Yes. Um, The uh, One of my very favorite books, it's a very, very short read, is The One-Minute Manager. So if you're going to hire anyone, even if that is a uh, part-time assistant from the Philippines, read that book because it talks about how to address things quickly, timely, and without drama. So you're able to manage your team with a lot more uh, direction and with less angst of waiting for that one-year review.
0: Yeah, I think it's one of the all-time classics. Thanks. Yeah, thanks it's for that. great. Yeah, thanks for that recommendation. All right, we'll wrap it up, Susan. What's one thing you want us to take away from this conversation we've had about eradicating chaos in my small business or perhaps as I'm getting ready to start my first business?
1: I think the important thing to take away from this is that you don't have to do it all. I think that uh, many of us feel like I will just do everything and it will be fine, but you don't have to do it all. There are people out there that can help you, especially on those things that you hate to do.
0: So in your experience, a lot of the chaos comes from a business owner not willing to let go.
1: Absolutely.
0: Okay. Great stuff. Where do you want us to go online again uh, to, to get the ebook?
1: I would go to beyondthechaos.biz. That's .biz, not .com. So beyondthechaos.biz ebook. And our contact information is available there if you just want to email us as well.
0: Wonderful. All right, great conversation, Susan. Thank you so much for sharing all of these tips for the offer of the free book and for taking the time to be with me today.
1: Well, thanks so much for having me. This was fun.
0: This is Henry Lopez, and thanks for joining me on this episode of The How of Business. My guest today, again, was Susan Fenema. We release new episodes every Monday morning, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and at our website, thehowofbusiness.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The How of Business. For more information about our coaching programs, online courses, show notes pages, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofbusiness.com.